Promotional consideration oh, by the following. Hell yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Mecca of the World in Cleveland, Ohio. I am your dangerously, dashingly, strikingly sexy, ever so smooth talking, ever so amazing host Nick. And with me as always is soon to be father. Matt. Hello wrestling people. And it's weird that you said soon to be father because I'm not religious. I hate you. I hate you. Uh, I, I, I guess I should have expected something like that. Do you realize you have, what is it, eight months in accounting, give or take? Eight months in counting, and when is uh, young little Bill Goldberg Federico wins his first wrestling show? Oh, no, 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 no. We will not be having a Bill Goldberg Jr. No, no, no. <laughs> I hated Goldberg in the WWE. I hated him when he was world champion. I hated him in the WWE. I just hate Bill Goldberg. At least he got tased. That's true. <laughs> but uh, uh, the future WWE World Heavyweight Champion will be making his debut on this earth sometime in January. Oh, okay. Well, just you know, stay tuned. Sometime in January, then. Anyway, and you stand wanna... by and stand by. <laughs> if you want to help the show, the Gmail's ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Once again, Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. The Twitter is at ProWPodcast. Once again, at ProWPodcast. ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com is your official website. Blogs, interviews, posts, all different kinds of stuff there. Once again, ProSingPod.blogspot.com, available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and right here on Anchor. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing just dandy. How are you <laughs> doing, Nick? Hey, I'm I'm great. I am beyond excited. I had a really good week at work. I felt pretty good leaving today, and I saw Aladdin with Rebecca and... I don't want to spoil anything, but I thought it was a pretty good movie. I, I I could have been better, but I thought it was a pretty decent movie. How did Will Smith do? Because a lot of people are complaining about him playing Genie. Um, you know what? Without giving anything away, I think I don't know how to really put it. He did decent, you know. He I I don't I he was over the top, and I think a lot of that was on purpose, but. I don't think he was terrible, but I think he could have been a little bit better. All right. Now, have you seen the original with Robin Williams, the cartoon version? Sure have. Okay. So which movie would you say is better? Um, Well, see, I don't know, because I I, I feel like I'm kind of biased, because when you grow up watching a movie... You kind of lean towards that because you've seen it so much, you know? I mean, I was never like a huge Aladdin fan, but I think if I had to choose, I think part of me might say the original. Okay, that's fair enough. I don't know. I think I'd have to see the new one at least one more time just to fully make an opinion, I guess. But overall, I think it was a good movie. Better than Game of Thrones? I have not seen one single episode of that. Have you? <laughs> uh, I I have seen a couple episodes, but that's only because 
Tiffany loves that show. She's obsessed with it. Right. So, you know, naturally, I'm going to see a couple episodes. You do, you do your husbandly duties and you get dragged into the fire. I fully understand. Right. Uh, the only thing I can say is, though, I haven't seen a lot of episodes. And I haven't seen the series finale that took place not too long ago. Uh, I've heard, like, mixed reviews about it. Mostly bad, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it. Right. I, I, I think it's kind of weird how someone can leave, like, a Starbucks cup in the middle of a shot and no one sees it and it gets put on TV. Did that really happen? I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about Game of Thrones. I know people were obsessing over it. I mean, I, I get it, but at the same time, I... To me, it's just there's a lot to follow. Plus, I don't have HBO, so... But someone left a Starbucks cup in a shot? Yeah, they had it laying out on, like, a table or something. Uh, It was all over the news not too long ago. I mean, at least I believe it made it all the way onto TV. I mean, (laughs) because otherwise, why else would people be, like, posting pictures? Right. Um... (laughs) See, that's why I kind of have this theory that it was staged and it was like uh, them promoting a sponsor. Oh, like product placement. Yeah, I think they accidentally, as I'm using quotations that I know Air people quotes. can't see me. Right. I, I don't know, though. I mean, because now, again, I don't know anything about Game of Thrones, but doesn't it take place in like like centuries ago like yeah i mean i don't know i mean i I'd, i would think that maybe for their type of show starbucks wouldn't like i don't think they wouldn't i, I don't know who knows i well, who knows see, with, the, with today's subliminal marketing tricks that companies have used i i, I don't know well see let's not forget that back then you know they had the Dragon fly through window, you know. Again, you're dragon. You fly through and you order at the <laughs> at the thing, and you pick it up at the window further down. That that sounds completely accurate of how they did things back then. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure they probably had a dragon Uber too. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I, w- I would love to see you on a dragon. By the way, I can only imagine how bad you would freak out. I'd fall off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, we we have a pretty awesome show today. I really do think that this is going to be great. Now, obviously, this is sort of like a quote-unquote Eminem kamikaze-style episode with no warning. We just, we're just straight up throwing it out there um, a, a day early because there's this big pay-per-view coming up uh, from when we actually throw this up. And I believe it's a show from Saudi Arabia. Oh, wait, wrong, wrong show. Anyway, um, there's this big show people are ranting and raving about, which we'll get to. But we want to talk about that. A new title being made in WWE. I really want to get your opinion on this. Uh, Money in the Bank, we're going to do a quick review of that. Um, an unfortunate passing in the world of wrestling. Uh, a return, which kind of shocked both of us, I feel. And a match that we have been debating a little bit on and off that we kind of just want to dig a little bit deeper. Um, however, 
as you know, whenever there is a passing, I always want to start with that first and get the, the somber news out of the way. And that is uh, former WWE superstar uh, Ashley Massaro. Uh, she passed away, I believe, that we're doing this Friday night, so I believe she passed away uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe, it sounds about right. Um, and um, unfortunately, it it uh, was ruled a suicide, and um, she is survived by a daughter, and it, the wrestling community, you know, and first off, you know, me and you, and I'm sure Rebecca and, you know, Tiffany to some degree, you know, we all send our condolences out, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to her family. It's always a tough thing whenever we lose a superstar, but it's always tough when a human of any form of media or a regular person for that matter loses their life. And, uh, you know, Ashley, she, she didn't really accomplish much in terms of championships in the ring, but that doesn't mean that, you know, she wasn't a bright person, you know, by all accounts, she was always happy and positive and, uh, it came to a shock to a lot of people. And, um, you know, from what I've read, she, she dealt with the past few years of, uh, depression, but she, she hit it extremely well from a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with the sexual assault that she faced when she was overseas on a tour with the WWE, Mm -hmm. uh, which WWE, of course, are going to deny that anything like that happened. Uh, She has said that she has suffered from depression over that incident. She's had uh, numerous injuries that went untreated while she was with WWE. Multiple concussions. Right. And, you know, all that has to play into your mental health and unfortunately she couldn't overcome her demons uh, whether people knew about them or didn't know about them Um, she was 39 a week away from her 40th birthday and that is just that's tragic that is unfortunate you know I, I just I I could never imagine losing someone let alone losing them to such a debilitating thing like depression and and suicide and um there was actually and i i didn't catch unfortunately who all was involved in it but there was a gofundme set up for her daughter's college education uh that was set up by i believe former uh wwe uh women superstars yes they're gone by the name of the Sisterhood of the Squared Circle. Some of them right. include Lillian Garcia, Mickey James, Tristratus, Lita, Gil Kim, Maria, Candace Michelle. And uh, they, I don't know if you've seen it, but they all posted like this really long video on it. No, I, I didn't. I mean, I, I've seen uh, people like on Twitter and stuff like that saying that, you know, they've seen her or whatever. Um, honestly, I just never really got around to seeing it. I saw some of it. It's, it's a 15-minute long video. I see maybe five to seven minutes of it, roughly. Yeah. Um, the GoFundMe page, though, the link for that is actually on our Facebook page. So if anybody listening would like to jump on there and donate some money, uh, please do so. And our condolences do go out to her family. 
Yeah. So, uh, rest in peace and, uh, you know, another one flying up in heaven. Um, so anyway, yeah, just wanted to get that, um, unfortunate news out there before we switch gears. Um, something that I, I think that we both kind of, we, we, me and you, we've kind of been going back and forth about this next thing for a little bit. And I told you, I think it was off air, I told you, I still don't know how I feel about it. I feel like this match should have been taking place, you know, right after the Attitude Era, but unfortunately we're getting it now in 2019. And that is Goldberg versus The Undertaker at Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. And which is obviously whenever they do these shows, it's always plagued by controversies. Um, And we don't have to talk about this part of it for too long or anything but there have been a couple names that have already straight up said no i'm not going and one of those names was daniel bryan another name was kevin owens um and Sami Zayn actually um i believe he couldn't go there was a reason why he couldn't go last year and they were saying that because of that that's why kevin owens didn't go last year and now he's not going this year um, you know, so, so because of all the controversy, there are names that don't want, don't want to be attached to it and I don't blame them. Um, but however, with that being said, <laughs> we are getting Goldberg versus the undertaker. And again, like I said, I feel like this match should have been taken place after the attitude era, maybe even when Goldberg came back to WWE, how they never fought when Goldberg was in WWE in his first run is kind of beyond me. Um, what are your thoughts about Goldberg and Taker now in two weeks time at super showdown, which by the way, I, I don't know what our proper stance should be on these shows. So therefore I feel it's only right that we're not going to do predictions for super showdown. However, you know, we will still talk about it, at least. I'm hoping for a chokeslam, tombstone, last ride, a little bit of old school. I'm noticing that all those moves are Undertaker moves, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) I I told you, I don't like Goldberg. Can, Can Undertaker still do old school, though? Yeah, I think he did in his last match. Which was a year ago. I believe, yeah, a year ago is that tag team match. Him and Kane versus Shawn Michaels and Triple H. I do remember seeing him doing it on there. Um, so I, I guess we're wrong on our last episode when we were saying that uh, the name going around to face Bill Goldberg was Bobby Lashley. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Instead, we're going to get uh, Bill Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Like you said, probably would have been better like during the Attitude Era, somewhere you know in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, but you know, Undertaker, given the right circumstance, the right training, he can still pull off a decent to good match. Goldberg, Ah. on the other hand, I'm not sure. He hasn't been in the ring in quite some time, so there may be a little bit of ring rust. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, exactly. My thing is is that even Goldberg, when he did, 
I guess, quote unquote, came back and was the universal champion of everything. And I've said this before in the podcast, someone tallied up his total in-ring time from when he came back to when he ended that second run in WWE. And he only wrestled for a total of like 13 minutes or something. Like it was not long at all. The problem is with Goldberg is his stamina, hands down. Um, That's something that should be, uh, pun intended, a universal truth. Um, I just, I feel like flipping the coin, going to The Undertaker, I feel like you need to have the right person in there. You, You know what I mean? To make The Undertaker look really good. And on the flip side, Undertaker making that person look good. I don't know if that person is Bill Goldberg. <laughs> I really don't. I feel like this match is going to be like five minutes, if that, if we're lucky. But no, I see this match being at least double that. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I, I see like that's a generous. Actually, I see more like a fifteen-minute match, fifteen to twenty minutes. Wow. Yeah, that's generous. I I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, it's because it's well, a. A big match that they're that they're giving us. It's something that's never been done. Look how much time the tag team match they gave that one with uh, DX and Undertaker and Kane. That went on probably longer than what it should have went. I mean, that match was terrible. But they build it up so much, it's like you have to give them their time. Well, but see, here's two arguments to that, though. I don't know how much this would actually play into it, but you could argue that because there's four people in that instead of just two, that people can kind of conserve themselves during the match a little bit more. Uh, Point two to that is that in that match, out of those four competitors, Triple H was still in somewhat ring shape. Uh, Kane, out of ring shape, but could still at least carry a match. Uh, Taker, you know, I, I think it's 50-50 at this point. And then you had Sean, who hadn't wrestled in, like, eight years. So and it showed. It showed, yeah. And I think that the the argument to be made is at least that there's still talent there, as opposed to a guy with The Undertaker, who's 50-50 at best, and Goldberg, who can't wrestle his way out of a paper bag. Let's say Undertaker competes at 50%. And let's say Goldberg competes at 25%. How good of a match do you think they really could have? On a scale of 1 to 10. Honestly, I think that regardless of their percentage, uh, in terms of like how much they give, I feel like it's just going to be a bad match. Like It's just a feeling in my stomach if i had to give that a match out of 10 i i regardless how much they put into it i think it's only gonna be like a two or three out of 10 to me they're way past their prime they've to my knowledge i don't think they've ever wrestled each other at all no first time ever and i just i just feel like there's no chemistry so like why should i be invested in this in 2019 why should i be invested well, this may be like the fanboy in me coming out, but like the more I hear about this match, the more I want to see it. So, like, my hopes for this match, they're getting higher and higher. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to see it too, but my expectations are severely low for it. I mean, who knows? Maybe they prove me wrong. Maybe they go out there and put on even a, a decent match at best, and that would surprise me. You don't think they close the show with that match, do you? I think it's possible because from from what I understand, the government in Saudi Arabia really loved The Undertaker. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if it went on last. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it going on last, but it's one of these shows that is sponsored by the whole country. So if it's, if it's a show that doesn't really have a whole lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of con- continuity with the storylines and it's just a one-off show. Put it last. Who cares? I just don't know if it's going to be good enough to end the show. And I, I would have to assume that the higher ups in WWE, they at least like recognize that to the point where they go, okay, well, we're not going to put you on last, but we'll put you on maybe second to last. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, overall, I'm not. These shows, they, they don't really do anything for me, to be honest. But again, I, I will be curious to see how it plays out. Well, we go from that to speaking of those shows, there will be someone at Super Showdown who made a surprise return to TV. And that is someone by the name of Dolph Ziggler. Now, um, first off, I want to say that him coming back was could, could very well be shock of the year, no doubt. Um, however, how they did it was, was it Raw or SmackDown this happened on? I feel like it happened on SmackDown. Okay. Uh, Kofi was in the ring. Um, he had just wrestled, I believe, Kevin Owens, or I'm not even sure who it was. But Paul Heyman comes out with Brock Lesnar's Money in the Bank briefcase. Oh, we'll get to that. And he just stands on the ramp, just sort of like hugging on it and smiling. And next thing you know, out of nowhere, Dolph comes in the ring and he annihilates Kofi, uh, throws him up against the turnbuckle, against the announcer's table. And, and you know, he's going off on, on Kofi. Now, two things. For me, one, does this mean he is a Paul Heyman guy? Please say yes. And two, is he back full time or is it on a part time basis? Well, first off, uh, Kofi was facing Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Uh, also, the do you know the real reason why Kofi is facing Dolph Ziggler at that pay per view? Yes, it's because of, I believe, Kevin Owens not going over. Yeah, Kevin Owens was supposed to face Kofi. But since he backed out, WWE had, like, no one for Kofi. So they called Dolph Ziggler up and said, Hey, we want you back earlier than expected. You know, we need the slot filled. Could you go to SmackDown? Could you beat up Kofi Kingston <laughs> bad enough to where we have to put him on a stretcher? And uh, Dolph said, yeah. And then 
I don't know if you caught SmackDown when he uh, explained why he beat up Kofi. He was saying that uh, everything that happened to Kofi, it should have been him. And it's kind of like giving the whole woe is me routine. Which I don't... I, honestly, I'm getting sick of that because I've heard that from Dolph. It seems like every time he's a bad guy. It, it always seems like he's Mr. Woe is me kind of like, oh, that should have been me in that spot and this and that. And I, I don't know if it's creatively speaking, the writers in his ear or if it's partially him or maybe both. I just I get sick of it. And thing is, and, and this is the, the main point I want to bring up was that. You mean to tell me out of the whole entire WWE roster, you couldn't find one person to fill in for a slot for a show that has almost no repercussions storyline-wise? I I think that that's just nonsense. Like, why not at the very least, and it wouldn't make sense, but just throw Rowan in there. I mean, hell, it doesn't make sense that Dolph is in there to begin with. And at least with Rowan, he was Daniel Bryan's boy. Or is, I should say. So at least that kind of makes sense, given that Kofi and Daniel Bryan are just feuded. I I seriously think what they should have done instead, why not just give Kofi Randy Orton? True. I mean, instead, you got Randy Orton versus Triple H. A match that's been done before numerous times. Triple H, he's not even a full-time wrestler. What's going to happen? Every time they go overseas, Triple H has to wrestle? And, see, this is the, the recurring theme for anyone keeping it. It's Undertaker sport. and WrestleMania all over again. Well, it's, it's not even that. I was going to say it's, it's more or less just the creative decisions lately from WWE really make you scratch your head. And I kind of feel like, like you said, with Randy Orton and Triple H, this is a head-scratcher. Um, y- yeah, he is. He's a lot like The Undertaker anymore. Uh, the only thing is, though, a lot of times with Triple H, with his matches lately, he's been on the losing end. Yeah, that's true. But what would have made more sense is if he had Triple H teaming up with Shane to face The Miz and Roman Reigns. Yeah, that makes sense. From a creative standpoint, that makes sense. Um, you know, you have both feuds in one match. Get it over with. But, see, and I, I don't know. Again, maybe it's the country, um, you know, standing right behind WWE, tapping them on the shoulder, saying, no, we want this match instead. Problem is, is that with uh, the government over there, they have a tendency to insert themselves in these kind of situations. They had originally, for the very first show overseas, wanted Yokozuna to be on the show. And apparently the the leader over there did not realize that Yokozuna passed away in, uh, I believe, 2000 or 2001 or something like that. And it kind of just goes to show where their mindset is. And for lack of a better word, it, it is WWE only doing these shows purely just for the money aspect, which from a business standpoint, you can't blame them. But at the same time, I really do feel like you need to have matches that actually mean something and not these matches that are just one-offs. But if that's the route you're going with, this being a one-off show, 
that's fine. But some of these matches aren't for one-offs. Like, it's like WWE's trying to play both sides. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. I, I agree with it, actually. It's like WWE has too many people whispering in their ears to do things a certain way. And they're caving. They're giving in to them. And I kind of understand why, especially with Saudi Arabia. Because like you said, it's all a money thing with them. We can agree on that, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And maybe thinking to yourself, why would WWE need the money? Vince McMahon's a billionaire. Let's not forget, Vince McMahon sold his own personal stock of the WWE in order to fund the XFL. And if the XFL fails again, he's losing out on how much money. And and that has got to be the scariest part of it, because in, at least in the wrestling world, when you say, when anyone just says XFL, it usually is followed up by shivers, you know, <laughs> like you don't want to think about it. So for him to want re- to, to reboot it, it, that doesn't even make sense to begin with. But I digress either way. I, I just don't know how this show is going to play out, but I, I get that feeling with all of their shows in Saudi Arabia. Well, I think the match itself, though, Dolph Ziggler and Kofi, I think that's going to be a good match, though. I yeah, mean, it will be. Both, both of them are talented. The only thing I kind of worry about is Dolph Ziggler hasn't competed since January. But now that I say that like out loud, I'm thinking about how many months that is. For someone like Dolph Ziggler, I would think that's like nothing, you know? Well, the like, thing is, is that Dolph, Dolph keeps himself in very good shape. Um, you know, he's real life best friends with John Morrison. And I actually um, uh, saw an interview Dolph did, and he said that he trains with John at least two or three times a week. So... He's constantly in the ring. He's constantly taking bumps. Like he's, well, even though he's not an active competitor, he's doing things to make sure that his body's warm in case if he gets called to action like this. Um, I, I don't know what his deal is like in WWE. I heard it was like a handshake deal. Um, I don't know how true that is, but either way, I think that, you know, Dolph seems like he's a really well-grounded person. If it is a handshake deal, he could have easily just broken it and said, you know what, screw you guys, I'm going to go to AEW. And I, I, I don't think that's the case, though. I think Dolph actually does love WWE, but he also loves having a life, too. Yeah, but I can't really see WWE working with someone off of a handshake deal. Especially when you got AEW looming in the background going, okay, well, we can easily sign this guy. And Dolph Ziggler is someone that they would snatch in a heartbeat. Oh, definitely. You'd be crazy not to sign that guy. Yeah. And another thing with Dolph Ziggler, like you said, he's friends with uh, John Morrison, who also happens to be Johnny Impact, who happens to wrestle for Impact Wrestling. So if Dolph Ziggler really wanted to leave, he could just... I'm sure he has a job with Impact Wrestling. Yeah, it's not like he would be begging for work. That's what I'm saying. It would be a mistake to have a handshake deal with Dolph Ziggler. 
Like that's, on... that's putting an awful lot of trust in somebody. Not saying Dolph would do those things, but you can't tell me that wouldn't be tempting. That's why I think there has to be at least some kind of an agreement between the two parties. Maybe uh, it's like a, sort of like an on-call basis kind of thing to where you can't wrestle for these companies, but you know you can only wrestle for us only on an as-needed basis. Like, we understand you don't want to do this full-time anymore. You want to spend time at home. That's fine. But whenever we need to work a program, we'll call you. Well, see, I heard that Dolph Ziggler wanted to take time away so that the people would start to miss him a little bit. So I don't know if maybe he has some kind of creative control with his character. He could. But, you know, either it's that or he's working off of like a, I don't say a deal exactly like Brock Lesnar, but a part-time deal anyways. Yeah, and that's fine. I Look... I've said this once, and I'll I'll say it again. I don't care if that WWE has part timers. I'm I'm if anything, I'm okay with it, you know. But at the same time, I don't think part timers should be champion, you know. Like I feel like you should only be champion if you're actually there, day in and day out. But so how how would you feel if Dolph Ziggler does beat Kofi and become champion? I'd hate it. I would absolutely hate it. I love Dolph to death. Um. You know, he's a local boy. You know, he's from our area. He uh, went to Kent State, which is where Rebecca went to college. But at the same time, it's like, look, I, I'm not going to hold you to a higher standard just because you're from the same area I'm from. Yeah, but I know I mentioned this earlier, but the fanboy to me is saying, oh, man, I've always liked Dolph Ziggler. He's been so underrated and uh no, they've used him terribly this last few years. I want to see Dolph Ziggler beat Kofi. I want to see Dolph Ziggler have the WWE Championship. I would too, but you got to be there. You, you you just should. If you really want to compete for a title, I feel like you should prove it. And you should show your worth. You shouldn't just come and go as you please and just take a title. What happens if he shows up... What happens if he, like, wins a title and then shows up, like, every two weeks? I don't know. To me, man, I don't... Like, every other Raw, basically, is what you're saying? Yeah, or in this case, every other SmackDown. In this case, SmackDown, yeah. Um, Possibly. I, I don't know. That one's a little bit more tempting. I'm not going to lie, but you know, they're, they're just, uh, it's pretty easy to know who I'm going to, who I'm talking about when I say this, but there are certain people who should not have had any kind of championship while they're part-timer. Yeah, but the thing like, I can like, say about that is, isn't less more. It is, but at the same time, I don't want that person to have the title to be the face of the company when the face of the company isn't even there. A guy like Kofi Kingston, who has been there day in and day out for 11 years, I'm not saying that qualifies him to like to have the belt or anything, but what does qualify him is the fact that he's willing to fight for it. He's willing to be there. He's willing to show up. He's willing to work through those injuries, barely take time off to even heal. That guy should be awarded the belt. 
And I'm guy... not taking any of that away from him, but having the belt on a part timer, to me, it's very throwbackish to the territory days. When you had a guy like Ric Flair, who was the world champion, he'd come into a territory for, I don't know, let's say a month. And then after that month, he left. He went to the next town. Meanwhile, he was still champion. And then he would come back eventually, maybe like two, three months later, and compete for him for another few weeks or however long it it was, and then go on to the next town. But the thing is, this isn't the territory days anymore. There are no territories. Right, but that's why I said it's like a throwback to it. I, I like it. As like someone who's really big into wrestling and who's followed it throughout my entire life, I can really appreciate that. Uh, we're going to have to dis- agree to disagree because it's a very, for, for me, it's just, it's irritating to see. I, I, I get your point of it being a throwback. I do. But at the same time, for me, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's 2019. You don't deserve it. So I don't know. I, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, I, I think I just like it my way. Oh, your your way is wrong. <laughs> no, your way is wrong. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway. Didn't mean so, to choke you up there. A little bit. So, moving along, let's uh let's talk about money in the bank. Um boy, where to start? So, you want me to go through our predictions real quick? Yeah, well, let's hear them. Okay, did you want the what I did was I made a chart during the podcast last time. Okay. And uh when the podcast was over, I told Nick, I said, Hey, as we were making the predictions, I kept track, I wrote everything down. So that come the next podcast when we're talking about money in the bank, we can go through and see who guessed the most matches correctly. Right. Okay, now there is a discrep uh there is a problem here. I think I know what you're gonna say, but go ahead. It, it revolves around the women's championships. Okay, because during the Becky Lynch Lacey Evans match, you predicted that Alexa Bliss would cash in and be added to the match. Therefore, yes. you you picked her to win. So yes. right off the bat, that was a wrong for you. Uh, me, on the other hand, I predicted Becky Lynch to win, but right after that match, she would lose to Ember Moon. Right. So the dilemma I'm having here is how do I count that? Because, <laughs> yes, Becky Lynch did beat Evans, but Moon didn't win money in the bank. She couldn't cash in. So I kind of counted that as a half point. I was just going to say that's probably your best bet. And then you had something similar happen in the other match. It was Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. And you predicted Charlotte to win, which naturally would be a win for you. But then there was that cash in. So do I count that as a half point? 
Yeah, I mean, you might as well. <laughs> uh, it's There's going to be a little bit of a gray area here, and I think that's totally fine. Um, so it, it's not going to be a total 100% prediction, but anyway, go okay. ahead. Um, I don't know if you want me to read through all the matches, or do you just want me to tell you the win total? Just the win total. It, is, okay. it doesn't have to be anything official here. I'm just curious. All right. For your win total, do you want mine or yours first? Um, let's do mine first. I feel like I actually have a drum roll sound effect. Maybe I'll add one in Audacity, but anyway. Uh, okay, do a drum roll. Okay, let, let's see here. Nick, you have three and a half wins. Are you serious? <laughs> you want to know my total? Oh, boy. Hold on. Drum roll, please. My win total is three and a half. <laughs> we tied. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know what, though? Overall, I will say this. The matches themselves at Money in the Bank, overall, I felt were actually really good. Um, I feel like the men's Money in the Bank stole the show, which... I kind of had a feeling they would. Um, however, I th- I think the women also held their own. Now, there were a little couple nuances, I'll call them. One was, did you notice in the women's Money in the Bank match with Mandy Rose what happened with her? No, what happened? So, at one point in the match, she was going toe-to-toe with Carmella. <clears throat> now... She goes, like, Carmella goes to, like, kick her or something, but she aimed a little low, something to that effect, to where Mandy Rose starts limping a little bit. And Carmella, apparently it didn't click, like, something was wrong with Mandy Rose. And Carmella still tries to, to attack her, but Mandy is, like, legitimately shoving her away from her and yelling at her. And next thing you know, the officials took Mandy to the back. And at this point, I didn't know if it was storyline or if it was legit. Because whatever it was, Mandy made it look like it was like something legitimately had irritated her. And then she came back with Sonya Deville, and Sonya Deville kind of helps her up the the ladder. So that it kind of makes me feel like it was planned. But at the same time, I feel like Carmella did something to Mandy to really make her mad. But that was nuance number one. Nuance number two was the end result to the men's money in the bank, which, again, that match stole the show. Um, However, uh, Ali was alone in the ring on top of a ladder, about to grab the briefcase, and then all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar's music hits, and he somehow wins the match, even though he wasn't in the match. Or was he? Because there was an open spot, and they kept speculating all night who was going to fill that spot. So the match starts, and you just have the seven competitors. Well, little did they know that that eighth competitor was the Beast Incarnate. It was Brock Lesnar. And like you said, he came out right at the end, uh, destroyed Ali, climbed up the ladder, Grab the briefcase. And 
I read online, and again, I, I kind of take this with a grain of salt, anything I read online, but early in the day on Sunday, officials informed the competitors that Ali would be winning. However, right before they went on, they said, we changed our plans, Ali will not be winning, instead it will be a surprise entrant, but they did not say who that entrant was going to be. And... All they said was, Ali, you're going to be grabbing the briefcase. However, this person's going to knock you over and get the briefcase. And to my surprise, as well as many others, it was Brock Lesnar. Now, something I kind of noted was that after he grabbed the briefcase, the camera kind of did like this panoramic kind of shot of all the competitors around the ring and it gets to Randy Orton and he has this look on his face like he is absolutely for lack of a better word pissed off that it was Brock Lesnar do you think I'm that sure he... oh go ahead I'm sure he was I mean there's quite a few people in WWE who do resent Brock Lesnar for the type of deal he has and they feel like during these big pay-per-view events he comes in steals the spotlight away from them and gets the big payday out of it yeah he does i i feel like look despite what i said earlier about part-timers the thing with brock is that he yes he held up wwe for all every single dime that he could possibly squeeze out of them and more power to him if someone was to come up to you and say hey how about you show up to work you know, six days out of the year. And by the way, we're going to throw millions at you only for you to come into a ring and just jog up and down all day. I'm pretty sure you would take it. <laughs> I mean, on a heartbeat. Yeah. So for anyone who says, Oh, Lesnar is terrible for a sport. I challenge you to look at it from his perspective. I, I, and I don't think you would find anything wrong with that. Um, However, we're not Brock Lesnar. To us, it looks terrible. And from a creative standpoint, again, a head-scratching thing that WWE has done lately. Can I, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I want to point this out. When Brock Lesnar was climbing the ladder and he got all the way to the top, did you notice how bad he was shaking? Oh, he was. <laughs> he was unstable. Yeah, I, I'm watching this going, yeah, Brock Lesnar's not used to the latter. But you know what, though? The best part was on Monday Night Raw when he was holding that briefcase like a boombox. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I ever laughed that hard at anything Brock has ever done. Yeah, I kind of laughed at that, too. Uh, that was kind of <laughs> weird to see. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, he's enjoying himself, and that's uh, at the end of the day, I think that's all that matters. As long as you're out there having fun, who cares? Well, who do you think he cashes in on? Well, I would venture to say, and again, we're not doing a Super Showdown preview or anything, but I would venture to say that at Super Showdown, maybe he cashes in on Kofi. That's a possibility. He did I, say that come this Monday on Raw, he was going to tell what his intentions were, or at least like what championship he's going to go after I, I just i think it's a possibility i mean with these kind of shows i i, I think that would be a perfect cash in moment for brock because you know he's going to be there well if that's the case 
why give Kofi Dolph Ziggler again? Why not just say Brock Lesnar is going to cash in on Kofi in Saudi Arabia? Because it's a red herring. They want you to get thrown off by Dolph Ziggler to where you're focused on this match between the two because you know it's going to be great. However, what's the one thing that could possibly ruin that good match? A cash in Brock Lesnar? Yep. So if if they were any kind of creatively smart people, they would realize that that would be a perfect opportunity for Brock to cash in. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but in my like, if I'm a writer for WWE, that's when I do it. I think if you're gonna have him do a surprise cash in, you don't do it that quick. Have Brock Lesnar hold on to that for a little bit. Have him go back off of TV for however many months. And then during like a regular pay-per-view match with Kofi, have it to where Kofi wins, but barely. He's barely standing. And then Brock Lesnar comes out, much like with the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, hits like one, maybe two moves, one, two, three, new champion. Yeah, I mean, but, and, and this is the hidden beauty with Money in the Bank. You know, we're drawing up all these scenarios they could happen, they couldn't happen, but you know they, they keep you on the edge of your seat every single time. It'll be interesting to see if he actually goes after that belt because he has been feuding with Seth Rollins, so he could easily just go after the Universal Championship. Yeah, he could. I, I just I don't see it, though, because they've been... Having a, a a decent feud. I actually, I I would go on to say I really do like their feud, but I kind of think that it's time for Brock to face someone else. I mean, that's just my opinion, though. I, I will say though, I'm glad they didn't have Ali win. Yeah, I mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, like I don't think the crowd is behind him at all. Which is sad because he's a great competitor. Oh, he is. I'm not going to take that away from him, but it's too soon for him to be going after a world title. I agree. I mean, he, he just came off of 205 Live. He huh? hasn't really done much of anything since going to SmackDown. I mean, he's had some good matches here and there, but where's that big payoff feud? We haven't I seen one. We haven't seen what he can do in a big feud. I don't know. Look what they did with Jinder a couple years ago. Pulled him out of obscurity and threw the belt on him. So anything's possible, I guess. Yeah, and a lot of people didn't like him with the belt. Personally, I like Jinder with the belt. Oh, he was phenomenal, I thought. But with Ali, he hasn't been around the WWE audience a whole lot. At least with gender, you had that initial run. I mean, during that initial run, he didn't really do anything. But he did have a feud with the great Kali back in the day. Yeah. I'd... And then and then when he comes back, he's in a lot better shape than what he was. He's having better matches. He showed that he improved. Yeah. And, and he was... Somewhat deserving of a push of some kind, at least. Right. Well, what brings me to my next point, why not just have Drew McIntyre win the, cha- the 
money in the bank briefcase and then go on and cash in. Honestly, as I look at the names, it should have been either him, Baron Corbin, or Finn Balor. Those would have been my three names to win Money in the Bank, as I'm looking at it. And I believe those were your three names you tossed out in the last episode, uh, which, by the way, you predicted Finn Balor to win. Yeah. I, I, I still feel like they're doing a huge injustice with Finn Balor in terms of the championship even though he got his rematch, but I feel like there's so much more money in Finn constantly chasing a title. I think there's a lot of money there. Uh, I say Drew because Drew has just been on fire lately. Um, and I say Baron Corbin because, to me, Baron Corbin, and this may even surprise you, I feel like Baron Corbin could arguably be the best heel for WWE. He's definitely up there. He draws so much heat. Oh, he does. And he's on the up and rise. He's an up and comer. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it it, it sucks from a creative standpoint how it happened. But I think at the same time, maybe there could be some good out of it, i.e. Brock losing his cash in by some miracle. But well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. The, the beauty of a Money in the Bank win. Anyway, uh, switching gears here. Now, we talk about cashing in for titles and everything. How about a brand new title that just kind of appeared out of nowhere like an RKO from the top rope? And that is the WWE 24-7 title. Now, on Monday Night Raw, or I'm sorry, at Money in the Bank, it was announced that the following night on Raw, Mick Foley would be in attendance to unveil a new title. And that led many people to believe that they would reintroduce the hardcore title. However, what we got was a green belt that was named the WWE 24-7 title, where it is defended, you guessed it, 24-7. And it is defended on all WWE platforms, not just Raw, not just SmackDown, but NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, you name it. As long as it's a WWE property, that belt can be defended. And so basically they brought back the hardcore title. Essentially, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. People were all up in arms on Twitter that, oh, it's not the hardcore 24-7 title. It is just without the hardcore in front of it. I mean, these matches that we've seen so far from it are not taking place in the ring. You know, they're using objects against each other. It's a hardcore 24 seven title. Um, they, there was, that's what really gets me mad about certain wrestling fans. Oh, we want the hardcore championship back. Okay. Well, we're going to give you a belt that is basically has the same rules that applies to a hardcore belt, but just a different name. And oh yeah, by the way, it's going to be green. Oh no, I don't want that. I want the hardcore title. It's the same it's the damn same thing. belt. It's it's a PG version of the hardcore twenty four seven title. That's all. Exactly. It is. There's nothing wrong with it. No, there there is like at first I was skeptical about it, but after seeing Raw and SmackDown, I'm fully on board with this twenty four seven idea. Uh, what happened was Mick Foley said that he was going to lay the belt in the ring. And they were going to have essentially a scramble for it. And whoever grabbed the title first was the first champion. Um, that was, we, we saw 
the Good Brothers go after No Way Jose was involved. Um, basically, WWE's like C level stars, and it was won by Titus O'Neil. However, it didn't last too long as he was up on the ramp and Robert Roode, I can't call him Bobby Roode, God forbid, Robert Roode rolled him up, won the belt, uh, and then later as superstars were chasing him out of the building, R-Truth happened to be there and helped him escape the the uh, superstars coming after him only to pin him and become champion. Fast forward to SmackDown, R-Truth is ducking people with the most ridiculous wig I have ever seen in my life. And honestly, it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen uh, post-Attitude Era because of just how ridiculous it was with R-Truth in that wig. He did look ridiculous in that wig. But, you know, when all those superstars on Raw can run down to the ring and they're fighting over who's going to grab the belt, become the first champion... In my mind, I'm going, yep, hardcore championship. These are the <laughs> same people who would be fighting for the hardcore championship. Thing is, is that, look, the 24-7 title and the hardcore championship were, they're, they're comedy belts, essentially, at the end of the day. You know, they're, they're fun little spots to watch. You know, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's not like it's a major title. Just have fun with it. I feel like this generation of wrestling fans, they don't know how to have fun when it comes to wrestling. Just relax a little bit. And if they don't get their way on what they want, no matter how small the detail is, they're all up in arms, they're complaining about it, and this is a perfect example of that. Absolutely. Well... Either way, I'm very excited to see who's going to be the next champion and the possibilities that it adds. Um, really, it's just it's a great thing if you're a wrestling fan, in my opinion. Don't don't sleep on it. It's going to be fun. But anyway, now we are going to do a preview of AEW Double or Nothing. Uh, however, first, this is sponsored by PowerSlam TV. PowerSlam TV is the top promotions and celebrities in the pro wrestling world, offering events, shoots, and other related content available for the first time in a single massive location that can be watched on smartphones, computers, and connected TVs. PowerSlam TV showcases premium wrestling content from countries all over the world. Use promo code ProWrestlingPod, all one word, ProWrestlingPod, for a month free on us. Visit PowerSlam TV for more info. PowerSlam TV is also one of the sponsors for AEW Double or Nothing. How cool is that? So, going right back into things, yeah, Double or Nothing is Saturday, which by the time you're listening to this will be the 25th so happy double or nothing day um a lot of fans myself included have been waiting for this uh the wwe alternative for lack of a better phrase is finally here their tv deal with tnt is in the fall and so they have all the right cards in place in my opinion pun intended and i feel like this show is definitely going to set the tone um are you looking forward to Double or Nothing as much as I am? I'm looking forward to it. I want to see what all AEW has to offer. I was looking at the card earlier. Some names I recognize, some names I don't recognize, so it should be pretty interesting. 
Yeah, well, and that's the beauty of it because they have veterans on the card. They have no offense to them, but you know, I I don't want to say no namers, but guys who don't really have a lot of traction. We'll put it that way. You know, and then they have names you might have forgotten about. So, like, I think that they have a great blend of talent that's going to be on the card. Oh, absolutely. And uh, like you said, it happens Saturday. This podcast will be posted on Saturday. Um, who's your favorite name that pops out to you? Well... The, see, this is what I told Rebecca before I tell you that, was that I feel weird watching something that's not WWE. I feel like, and I, this is exactly what I told her. I said, I feel like I'm cheating on a lover by watching another promotion. But with that being said, the WWE fanboy in me says Chris Jericho. However, the wrestling fan in me says Kenny Omega. So it's... Both guys who are facing each other, I want to see both of them. And I know we saw them once in New Japan, and it was an, it was a pretty great match. But seeing them here in the States for the first time, it made me rush out to Hot Topic and buy a Kenny Omega shirt, which I am proudly going to wear. Sorry, Chris Jericho, I love you to death. But I think that we're in a new era of wrestling, and I think what better way to do that than with Kenny Omega? Yeah, I think uh, the one thing that pops out to me is actually Chris Jericho, just because, you know, he's a legend. Um, Out of all the names that are listed, is there any person who you've heard of but never seen compete who you're looking forward to? Um, I mean, there's a couple names I could mention. Um, As I'm looking at the card, though, I would have to say the team of Angelico and Jack Evans. Um, I've heard of both guys. Couldn't tell you a single move of theirs or anything. I do know both guys are high flyers, and high flyers are always my go-to in wrestling, so I can't wait to see them. One name that jumps out for me who I've never seen compete is actually going to be Brian Pillman Jr., the son of the late great Brian Pillman. Yeah. And uh, Brian Pillman Sr., you know, when he was in WCW, he was known as Flying Brian Pillman. So I'm curious to see what all Pillman Jr. could do. Now, one thing that is kind of amazing to me is that some of these names... And you you might have even have been there while they were wrestling for <clears throat> Cleveland-based promotion, AIW, Absolute Intense Wrestling. Uh, Britt Baker is one of the names who's who I've seen wrestle in AIW. I know that for a fact. Um, as I'm going down the list, MJF, Joey Janela, a lot of these guys came through our neck of the woods at some point, which I just find fascinating that now they're wrestling on pay-per-view. Um and it's just, it's great because like you said, it's a nice blend of just overall talent. Um, so again, we're not doing a full-blown prediction video. Um, maybe once T- they get the ball rolling on TNT and they start pumping out pay-per-views, maybe then we'll start doing them. So we have something to really base it on. Um, what match do you think could possibly steal the show? 
Uh, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. So all signs for you points to Chris Jericho, baby. Well, actually, I had two. I would say either that one or Cody Rhodes versus uh, what's he going by now? Dustin, Dustin Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah. Which yeah, they're billing this as the Nightmare versus the Natural. Uh, the Natural, I believe, was Dustin Rhodes's nickname in WCW. Am I right yes. on that? Okay. Yeah, and, you are correct. And Cody Rhodes, his nickname is the American Nightmare because his dad was the American Dream. So I, I just think that that's pretty cool that he pay, he pays a tribute to his dad with his nickname. Um yeah, I, I think that one that one's not going to be a, a pretty match by any means. I think it's going to be a very uh, um, brawler-type match. I don't know about brawler-type. Maybe a little bit, but I also expect there to be some decent wrestling moves in there. I mean, both of them are well-accomplished wrestlers. Uh, even that however old Dustin Rhodes is, he can still go. Well, and that's that's the thing I never understood was that, you know, like you said, he's an older guy. And when he was in WWE, it surprised me at how well uh, he was able to do in the ring. He is 50, by the way. And you want to know why he's able to do that in the ring? Why is that? Look at people like Triple H, Undertaker. They've wrestled every Monday Night Raw, every SmackDown, every major pay-per-view. And they're in the main event, which means you have to go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. So their bodies have taken more of a toll, in my opinion, than Dustin Rhodes, which is not a knock on Dustin Rhodes. You know, good for him. He's able to keep himself healthy and in shape. Yeah, but I think that's why he's still able to compete at the level that he does. So, with that being said, what about Chris Jericho? Because I don't want to keep circling back to Jericho or anything, but he's a guy who's, you know, who is there for a while, every single week, main eventing pay per views. What is the difference then between him and Dustin? Well, Jericho will take time out occasionally, whether it's to do a TV project or tour around with Fozzie. Uh, he's definitely had his breaks here and there. Uh, also, I think I could be wrong on this, but I think Chris Jericho may be a little bit younger. Uh, but, let's look that up. Let's see. Goldust well, was 50. Oh, Jericho's 48. Okay, so there's only a couple year difference. So it's up to you if you want to throw that argument out the window. But I I, I don't know. I, I guess you know, even when you watch Jericho wrestle now compared to when he was younger, you do see him slowing down with moves and he oh, has a absolutely. different pace. Yeah. I think that also has to do with it. Jericho kind of like he adapts. He knows that his body's not what it used to be. So he changes his style up a little bit. And if you notice, though, with Dustin Rhodes or Gold Dust, 
he uses a lot of the same moves that he was doing in the 90s. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it wasn't until, I believe, yeah, uh, 2007, 2008, around there, Chris Jericho started using the Codebreaker as one of, his, one of his finishers. And now there was a video on YouTube that was released with Jericho stating that in AEW, he's going to have a new finisher that he calls the Judas Strike, which is based off the Fozzy song Judas, which I'm assuming is going to be his theme song in AEW. And, you know, again, we won't know until it happens, but um, which I think it's kind of cool that he's tying Fozzy into his wrestling uh, style. Um, I think, uh, but but again, looking at the card as a whole. I think another my show stealing match I think could be the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Um, I I love I I really do like the Young Bucks. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of their stuff, but I know I've seen enough to really form an opinion that these guys really are a very great tag team. Obviously, it helps that they're brothers, but I think in the long run, I think that. There is a lot of Hardys in them, but at the same time, they're their own characters. And you pit them against a team like the Lucha Bros, I think only good things can happen. And I didn't realize that that was for the AAA World Tag Team Championships, but apparently it is. Yeah, I didn't know any of that either. Um, now I'm looking forward to seeing the Young Bucks in action. I've heard of them. I haven't really seen much of them. I know they're in, I believe it was TNA at the time. As Generation Me. Yeah, as Generation Me. But I don't really remember, like, any of their matches. Yeah, and and that was, like, right when they were starting to, I guess, gain any kind of momentum. Um, And then I think after TNA, I think they went to Ring of Honor, and that's when they became the Young Bucks. And, you know, the rest is history after that. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, that's my show stealing of a match. So, overall, do you think that this has potential to be one of the best shows of the whole year? Um, yes and no. Yes, because there is hype built around it. Because it's the first, like, big pay-per-view that they're throwing out there for everyone and no almost for the same reason because you don't know what you're going to get so why am I going to spend my hard-earned money for something that I don't even know if it's going to be any good yeah I mean that's fair Um, all I know is that I'm a sucker who's getting suckered into paying for the pay-per-view which Honestly, I don't think I mind. It's it's an alternative, you know. And one of the things I want to address is the price is fifty bucks, and a lot of fans were complaining because it was fifty dollars. My thing is, they were comparing it from what I understand. A lot of people were comparing it to the fact that the WWE Network is only nine ninety nine a month. Here's the difference, okay? AEW is what we call a startup company. Do they have a billionaire backing them? Yes. But that does not mean that just because they have him backing them, every single dime and every single nickel and every single penny is going to be accounted for. 
they need this to start up the company to be put on TNT, to have sponsors, to have license agreements, to have all these different things. WWE is not a startup. WWE can afford a $9.99 monthly bill. And that's the main difference. I think that $50 is a very fair price. I think anything more than that, I think, would be a little much. But I don't see anything wrong with the price. I am happy to pay the 50 bucks. Yeah, I probably won't pay the 50 bucks. <laughs> I um, invited you over, so it doesn't cost you anything. That is true. <laughs> so, hopefully, I, I think it has potential. I'm not going to say it is going to be show of the year or anything like that, but I think it has potential to be a really good show. It does have that potential to be a really good show, but you know, playing devil's advocate, it could also be a really bad show. Oh, if this show flops, that's not going to be a good indication and, of them on TNT. And you mentioned how they have a I don't know if he's a millionaire or billionaire backing him. Um, you're, of course, talking about the head coach for, or not head coach, the owner for the Jacksonville the, Jaguars. The owner's son, uh, whose name is Tony Khan. Um, their their whole family is wealthy. Um, he's essentially a billionaire because I guess he invested in a whole bunch of other companies and because of that makes him a billionaire. Okay, well... Let me throw out another rich man who backed another wrestler, <laughs> Ted Turner. Look what happened with WCW. So do you think uh, history is uh, going to repeat itself? Although I can't really blame Ted Turner completely. Because a lot of it had to do with the whole AOL Time Warner merger that took place. Yeah. They had all these executives that came in who didn't know anything about wrestling. And they were telling Bischoff, no, do it this way. And that led to Bischoff's dismissal. And then eventually Vince Russo comes in and they're like, we got to do something. We got to turn the ship around. Oh, yeah, let's call Eric Bischoff back. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, before we uh, hang things up here, what are your key things to, to watch for for Double or Nothing? Uh, I'm looking for that name who I don't really know too much about who's going to stand out. And I'm going to be able to look at them and be like, he's going to be a breakout star. Right. Very good. Very good. For me, I would actually go a little different. I think they're going to have one ace up their sleeve, pun intended. Boy, I'm killing it with these puns tonight. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> um, I do feel like they have a surprise for us, a surprise name. And you know, I, I can't really think of anybody, but all I'm going to say is, like, you'd have to be a lunatic to not really think that they they won't have a surprise. That's all I'm going to say. Wah, wah, wah. You were mad you tried being funny on the spot. It's hard. It is hard. Did you wear yourself out with all those puns? I really did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how do you feel, Matt? I would feel better if we talked about our last topic. 
Our last topic. I thought I not hit everything. I thought I did. Let's see. Of course, I got a million things open. What did I not? Yeah, what did I not talk about? I have an X through everything. Straight up Steve Austin. Oh, I didn't write that. That's why. Oh. <laughs> I, I guess I'm not being real straight with you, Matt. I didn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hit me up with the straight up Steve Austin real quick. Give me the abridged version. So basically, when we're doing our prep, this was one of the things Matt brought up was straight up Steve Austin. I don't know what this is. Matt, fill me in on it. Okay, straight up Steve Austin. It's a new talk show that will debut August 12th at 11 o'clock, immediately following Monday Night Raw on the USA Network. Now, the USA Network has ordered seven half-hour episodes. Uh, what the show is, is Stone Cold basically interviewing celebrities. Now, Nick, do you remember when I was on my honeymoon, you actually texted me saying that Stone Cold was in Berea, which is home of the Cleveland Browns training camp. And essentially, it's also where we grew up. Um yeah, right. I did. I because I follow him on Instagram, and he was posting about all this stuff, and I'm like, man, that looks a lot like the Browns training camp. And I read the caption, and sure enough, he was at the Browns training camp. There's a reason he was there. One of the people he's going to interview is. Of Let course, me take a guess. Baker Mayfield. Ding ding ding. There it is. Uh, there's. I actually have the full list of celebrities he's going to interview. Go. Uh, Trace Atkins. Okay. Country singer. Uh, NASCAR driver Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh, okay. Comedian Gabriel Iglesias. Fluffy, yes. This name, I wish they... I mean, I know people are going to like it, but because it's too close associated with wrestling, I'm kind of not a fan. Becky Lynch. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, Rob Riggle. Don't know. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know him either. I had to look him up. He's an actor. Uh, he, he was in The Hangover. He was in 21 Jump Street. So you just Googled him? I binged him. Ah. <laughs> um, you remember in the hangover the one part where the one cop is going in the face oh that's him that's him that's the guy that's the guy i always uh, wondered what his name was <laughs> yeah uh baker mayfield and sal volcano from impractical jokers Impractical jokers okay that's a decent list my only concern is why seven why not more well, they don't know how good it's going to be. Yeah, I guess that's true. Oh, hey, congratulations to Steve Austin. That's pretty cool. That's uh, at first I thought it was going to be like sort of like a uh, a Talking Dead kind of thing where they like kind of shoot the breeze on the episode that just aired of Monday Night Raw. So I'm kind of glad that's not the route they're going. Yeah, it's more of a USA project than a WWE project. Well, hey, good. And, you know, it's a great tie-in. You know, obviously you have the wrestling demographic right there. So, you know, hey, good for him. Kudos. Uh, and I hope this leads to Stone Cold making a 
Monday Night Raw appearance. What? I said, no, maybe he can come back. What? He could reemerge. What? (laughs) I can't do this much longer. (laughs) Good, because I don't think I can either. All right, well, if you want to hit up the show, the Gmail's ProWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod. Once again, at ProWrestlingPod. Boy, did that just throw me off. ProWrestlingPod <laughs> at gmail.com. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Once again, Facebook.com slash ProWrestlingPod. Twitter at ProWPodcast. Once again, at ProWPodcast. The website itself, ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com. Once again, ProWrestlingPod.blogspot.com. Available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and right here, we're holding it down on Anchor. Pun intended. Oh, my God. Because get anchors, they hold things down. What? My name is Nick. My name is Matt. See you guys next time. I hate Bill Goldberg. (laughs) Time has arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ass. Boom, boom. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter my ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at her butt, JR. What?